get right to a global market outlook. Jeffrey Kleintop is with us, Chief Global Investment Strategist with Charles Schwab. Jeffrey, thanks so much for being with us. So the Fed makes the third 75 basis point hike in a row. Um, obviously, we're watching global banks doing much of the same central banks are have been tightening. But the difference is, when I was looking at your notes, that some of these may be wrapping up. The Fed's not wrapping up. Tell me more. Yeah, it's hard to maybe catch it all in the, the the mass of central bank news this week. Of course, the Bank of England hiked by 50, the Fed goes 75, the Swiss National Bank by 100. But what's easy to miss is that some central banks who were among the first to begin rate hikes a year ago are now done. We've had major emerging market central banks like Brazil signal rate hikes ended in August when they last hiked, and they confirmed it with no move this week. And now developed central banks like Norway today signaled it might, might, might be near the end of its rate hikes uh, after today's 50 basis point move. And Norway was the first central bank among the G10 to hike a year ago, and now is signaling it may be the first to halt rate hikes. And that suggests that this, this chart here of the difference between the central banks cutting and hiking rates, believe Believe it or not, there are a few that are cutting, like Russia and Turkey and a few others. Uh, this this line that kind of balances the, uh, uh, the the number hiking versus the number falling might be peaking out here. We might begin to see uh, a peak here in central bank hawkishness, and the number of central banks hiking rates around the world <laughs> might begin to decline in the fourth quarter, and that could benefit stock markets despite an economic outlook that's far from the V-shape that we saw back in 2020. Yeah, and that's exactly the point, is that maybe the investment that you could make abroad may do better if the banks are done hiking, right? Yeah, that's a possibility. So as we look outside the U.S., if some of those central banks who, again, hiked first begin to pull back, uh, it basically in response to a slower pace of inflation, sometimes they're measuring inflation a little differently than we do here with regard to housing and a few other things. And that allows them to uh, to take their foot off the brake a little bit. And might, maybe their economies fare a little bit better. We're starting to see that show up in some of the economic data. In fact, the economic surprise index for Europe and Japan actually is above zero, meaning that the data is actually exceeding economists' expectations so far here in the month of September, maybe as hard as that is to believe. Yeah, and you know, as we heard from the Fed yesterday, um, very focused, as they've said, on inflation and fighting inflation, and that seems to be the mandate, very clear. In the meantime, consumer growth has been slowing. Um, housing mortgage rates have been on the rise, and that's been pressuring a little bit. So what was your takeaway from the language? Or did, you, did we learn? I know we got new GDP print, we got new un, unemployment print, for example, but what, what did you interpret? Well, that the Fed intends to maintain rates at a restrictive level for, for quite some time. Now, they think that the, um, the, the neutral rate of the federal, federal funds rate is 2.5%, and, and we're certainly above that and likely to remain above that. We'll have to see how far they're willing to go above that rate. We just don't know yet. One of the negatives to the scenario that I, I just talked about where central banks might be beginning, some of them, to stop their rate hikes is that... Um, the, the global policy rate for developed market countries around the world is, is 
on a, on a real basis, on an inflation-adjusted basis, which is how it affects the economy, is still deeply negative. You can see the chart on your screen here. So this is the global central bank policy rate, so blending all of the central banks around the world together, GDP weighting them. And looking at where it is now on an inflation-adjusted basis, it's still very, very negative and still close to historic lows. It's only recently begun to turn up. It's got a long way to go just to get to zero, let alone into restrictive territory. And so if central banks react to economic weakness and, and a weakening labor market by stopping hiking rates too soon or even cutting rates in 2023, as the market expects the Fed to do, while the real rate is still firmly negative, there's a chance that inflation it, it won't be fully put out and eventually it'll reignite and even higher rates might be needed perhaps towards the end of 2023. So, you know, that's what we saw in the 1970s when inflation was structurally high. Right. The Fed hiked and then they cut and then they hiked again. And the takeaway for investors is that this would open up a window for stocks to rebound in 2023, perhaps as soon as the fourth quarter, until it becomes apparent that inflation is reviving again and the policy rates are going to be hiked again towards the end of the year. It could create a real roller coaster ride for investors. And that's when we talk about Jay Powell and his playbook and Paul Volcker days and looking at the 70s and you saw, I mean, I remember my mom always talking about the 70s and inflation and mortgage rates and some of the mortgage rates, uh, you know, growing up were 18 percent. Um, you know, we see 6 percent here. So but the, the whole point is that the Fed moved and then had to move again later, right, to, to because it, it wasn't good enough. They didn't do enough. And that is concerning. Um, that being said, you talked about P.E. ratios going forward. Um, there are concerns about guidance from some of the companies. I mean, CEOs have already been written up in The Wall Street Journal yesterday with concerns about a soft landing and whether or not that's even possible. But now we're talking about maybe earnings being weaker and softer guidance. Tell me more about that. Sure. And, and you've talked about, you know, FedEx here over the past week or so, talking about guiding lower on your show as well. So we're definitely starting to hear more of this. And I think as we go through the earnings season, that E, the earnings uh, might come down. So far, the stock market's decline has really been all the price to earnings ratio. Valuations coming down. Analysts are still looking at mid single digit earnings growth for next year in the US, in Europe, in Japan, in Canada, in the UK. And I think that's a little optimistic. You know, the way I uh, look at uh, some of this data, we're headed towards at least a mild recession in most of the world here in the second half of the year. In fact, I like to look at the yield curve uh, across the entire yield curve on 91 different yield curves. And I find more than 60% of them are now inverted, suggesting a very high likelihood of recession. We never got to this point before and not seen a global recession. And that would tell me that earnings are likely to be headed lower. So I'm afraid that the, the PE ratios, which now are starting to look more reasonable, might look worse than they seem if we get further downward guidance throughout this earnings season. So this can be potentially a bumpy next few weeks as we go through the early reports. Yeah, when we see inversion of the yield curve, that usually signifies recession. And as you said, when you get to this point here, um, it really means this global slowdown and some sort of mild recession, as you noted. Um, we had Ted Weisberg on earlier today, whom you know of from Seaport Securities, and he said his best trade this year has been three-month Treasury bills because um, well, they've had to be very defensive in investing. Any thoughts for investors at this point as you're expecting, you know, the mild recession around the globe, P.E. ratios to come down and warnings on guidance? 
I think there are a few places to, to hide out. Certainly very short duration fixed income is, is a place to be. Uh, short duration equities also make sense. Those that have low price to free cash flow ratios are doing well this year. We're also seeing high dividend uh, paying stocks. Another way of looking at more a defensive way of, of investing in the markets are doing well. But look, you know, we are not only in a stock bull market, we're in a bond bear market. We're in a cash bear market on a real basis because we're losing out to inflation. Gold's in a bear market. Crypto's in a bear market. Uh, commodities are in a bear market. We've never really seen an environment where all five, six asset classes are in a bear market together. These generally don't last long. So what I would say to investors is, I know this is a miserable period of time and looking at your portfolio is just feeling awful, but we will get through this. And I do think that while it may be a flatter recovery next year as we as we get to it, we can look forward to that and, and the odds of a recovery as we start to see uh, central banks begin to put the brakes on these rate hikes. I like that. We will get through this. Yes, Eventually. let's stick with that. I like that idea. Jeffrey Kleintop, wonderful to see you. Chief Global Thanks, Investment Nicole. Strategist with Charles Schwab. Thanks, Jeffrey.